The problem is we've been doing this for so long that by now, I don't even know what we're going to put in this opening section. Like, I can't even come up with something. I have to pee, but I'm going to hold it. Well, you know what? That works. If I can prove that I didn't do a transmutation circle, will you promise not to tell another soul what you saw? It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where free riders analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. And our guest today is a brand new member of the Four Timer Club. Please welcome writer Matt Jekyll. Hi, it's me. Welcome back, Matt. You're going to get your five timers jacket in a couple of weeks, too, because... Oh, my God. Happy to announce after we finish Brotherhood, which is coming up quick, we'll have a wrap up episode and then we'll have a best of and then we'll have a episode on the live action movie. And because it's tradition, every movie has Matt and santa so he'll be back yep. and he'll get his jacket then oh Excellent. absolutely i'm looking i'm saying i'm looking forward to it now and i'm not knocking on wood for audio fidelity <laughs> <laughs> the live action movie the notoriously uh <laughs> disliked oh, movie but we're not talking about that now we are talking about the episode the other side of the gateway which was directed by kurosatu who directed beyond the inferno promise day family portrait and father before the grave this is their final episode so sound out the cannon it was written by hiroshi inoki head writer of the show and now it's time for us to do our improvised recap this is the moment of the podcast this is probably the fastest we haven't got to the recap but that's okay <laughs> wow yeah this is the moment of the podcast where one of us will do an improvised 21 second recap of what happened in this week's episode and that person will be chosen by the roll of a dice if it lands on one it's me if it lands on two it's Arthur. if it lands on three it's mike if it lands on four it's our guest matt so let's roll the dice okay three who's that that's you no <laughs> <laughs> right, let's I'm gonna it. count you down. Three, okay. two, one, go. Okay, um Ed beats the crap out of father and then we say goodbye to greed. It's very emotional and weird. And then father goes the little dwarf says goodbye to God and then we say goodbye to Van Hohenheim and then it's over. <laughs> He skipped wow. a real big part. What did I skip? <laughs> what did I skip? You skipped when Ed brought back Al. Oh, right. Ed brings back Al. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know what? You're right. We got to take that away. Sorry. I mean, to be fair, that plot line introduced super late. We haven't been hoping for that for very long. No. And it made sense to me. And actually, we I think we should probably talk about that first because... Yeah. Matt was saying how he feels lucky. To <laughs> yeah, I like I just dipped in for I feel like you guys have been dealing with a season of kicking the can down the road and I got here and here's the can. Yeah, here it is. We made it. You know, my mom always told me to only say good things and never say bad things, which is a good thing because I only have good things to say about this episode. Oh, God. Guys, yeah. I like this. <laughs> never underestimate the power of an ending to make the past 15 episodes worth it because <laughs> this one did this one made all that all that fighting just like whatever all you know? that like the first half i literally was my eyes were going up to the stratosphere and coming down i was like just die just get this over <laughs> with just get go away greed and the then greed we got death to that was part, ridiculous the greed death was absurd <laughs> i know you said we have to talk about the ad thing but when greed was like don't you know i never lie and i was like what? what? <laughs> like, Wait, when was when this do you thing? not lie? I always assumed you would lie all the time. You lied in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? It reminded me of 
the ending of Jurassic Park 3, no, 4, you know, the one where the T-Rex saves them, you know? There's no Jurassic Park 4. There is a Jurassic Park. You're thinking, you're, No, listen. you're thinking of Jurassic World. Jura- that's what I'm thinking of. Jurassic oh. World, when the okay. T-Rex saves them at the end. And it's like, oh, I guess T-Rexes are just cool. Like yeah. That. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the same question. Yeah, it turns out they were just trying to help the whole time but greed is the same way it's like oh i guess this homunculus is kind of (laughs) cool i guess this guy's cool (laughs) they're dealing with the fact that we've grown to love greed over this the last few seasons because we have known him for a long time but it's Mm -hmm. like he hasn't been not a villain right (laughs) to me the thing is that this episode is like greed is about to get sucked and then Green's about yeah. to get sucked. He's <laughs> getting then, the suck. And then Ling is like, no, I have to be emperor. And I, when he said that, I, I went like, right, that was your thing. You wanted to be emperor, which made me go like, then why are you here again? It kind of just like... <laughs> again, I'm very lucky because the last time I tuned in was when everything that was relevant in this episode was introduced. So for me, I just dipped in and was like, perfect. Right, Ling and Greed. Awesome. There are times where I feel like I like Greed Ling, but... There's more times when I'm just confused why this is happening, you know? Like, I'm sorry. Uh, I just yeah, think it he, makes no sense. Yeah, so he dies and he, he deals the final blow to Father. And mm-hmm. he, he does the same trick that Ed pulls on him where he turns his carbon armor into dust armor. Mm. And uh, and then Ed's able to punch right through his chest. That looked awesome. And and then he, like, springs a leak. And souls yes. start yeah. flying out of him like, like you wouldn't believe <laughs> so funny because there was a, a single second after he punched and the souls came out where i kind of wanted father to go like huh i survived i yeah. survived <laughs> i made it you idiots you fools <laughs> cannot be killed <laughs> i like that it killed father in the same way that uh, hot chicken kills me <laughs> <laughs> where you just spew out a thousand souls <laughs> Yeah, it just makes me spew out a thousand souls. There's a big hole in my stomach. My hands are gone. And then I turn inside out. And then you implode. Yeah. (laughs) I was so terrified for a minute that um, when he was like, boy, they all really care about Al, don't they? That he was going to be like, I sacrifice all our tears to bring him back. (laughs) You know what I mean? I thought there was a moment when I was like, are they going to sing We Are the World to bring bring I was afraid it was going to be really bad and cheesy like that. But I really want to say this because I've been like thinking about this, like this guy's like, this is the need want question that we've been talking about since like whenever we brought that up. (laughs) Like there's a whole episode about it. We should... The editing robot will say the name of that episode here. Hell no, I will not do that. There's the tension of like, will they get their bodies back? But I think what I said way back when was that the tension is also, will they maintain their humanity while they do this? Like, will they sacrifice their humanity and their ethics to get their bodies back? And like, this is that final tension moments like are they going to use the philosopher's stone is he going to use yeah hohenheim's corpse body no he's going to sacrifice like his power like his doorway his his connection to like the power i think that is perfect i think it's like a perfect resolution of that tension the thing that's interesting is like the thing that's been empowering them this whole quest it's sort of like a You've had the ruby slippers all this time, Dorothy, where it's like mm-hmm. the thing that's been propelling you forward in the story, the thing that caused this sin in the first place, you've been believing that you could use that sin 
to somehow skirt around the lesson you had to learn but in reality mm. the lesson you had to learn is that you need to let go of this fucking alchemy shit because it's fucked up and everyone yeah. who uses it is fucked up actually removing alchemy makes me more human it's the last obstacle i have to achieve what i want and it's this great moment where you're like yeah that's it ed you you got it like you figure it out it's also <laughs> the only way to win twitter but we yes. were wrong we were wrong about their want and need like that's what i'm trying to say it's like this actually is extremely similar to any kind of narrative that you've ever seen his want wasn't to get their bodies back their want was to have such extreme mastery of alchemy that they could get their bodies back Mm, yes. I think you're just adding a step. No, I'm not adding a step. Their, their want was an arrogance. Their want, and like, it makes sense. You gotta think about it this no, way. I, I, no, I think, it, okay. My, my version is that their want is to get their bodies back, and their need is to maintain their humanity. And at the end, they manage to do both. And like, in the traditional story structure, you either get your want or you don't. But you always get your need at the end, mm -hmm. basically. And so, and this is one of those where they got their want and their need. I felt like this was a clear sacrifice of a want for a need. And that's why it felt like it emotionally resonated. I would agree with you if not for the fact that if you consider that their want is the mastery of alchemy, the past 15 episodes, that want has not been present. When they find out about the Philosopher's Stone, the thing they do afterwards is they go after Alkahestry. So even from the beginning, even from that point on, there's like an admittance that like we don't know enough. Maybe these yeah. other things have right. solution to our problems. I think the point like Michelle has been making is that if their need is to maintain their humanity, then like them using alchemy is working against their need, mm -hmm. but towards their want. I don't know. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't see it this way. Okay. <laughs> I don't, maybe not completely. Well, I, think, I think we can leave it to rest, but but I think we, we can. can all agree that it, it works and is like very elegant and connected to the background yeah. of the beginning, which is great. For my, for my point, I just think my favorite point in the whole series is when God or all or one or whatever goes, you did it. That's the right answer. <laughs> yeah, you solved my riddle. <laughs> that, that was the funniest was. and or stupidest part of this. Yeah. I can't believe we've been agreeing so much, guys. I can't believe it. We have to disagree. I disagree. I actually, that to me was my least favorite. Him going, you solved the riddle. Right. Because I thought Arakawa was doing this really smart thing. There's this moment where, where father is like, what did I do wrong? No, you know, we agree with you, I think. No, we oh, all really? agree. Yeah, we all oh. think it's silly. We think it's silly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, then. <laughs> because the father thing was an incredible moment. I love what is more of being an adult than just being dragged into hell or nothingness and going, God damn it. Just, what was I supposed to do? I was trying my hardest. <laughs> that was really affecting. Yeah, as Matt says, like, that, that is, like, the core worry of all of, of humanity. <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, wondering, what the hell was I supposed to have done? Anyway. I did like that. I want to talk about Hohenheim, which is really the last part of this episode we had to talk about. Oh, because yeah. it's greed, and then there's Ed, and then there's Hohenheim. You know, mm -hmm. Hohenheim's thing here, I remember a long time ago, one of our guests, I think Sarah Lerner, said they thought that Ed should have used Hohenheim as the toll because Hohenheim is right there and you don't need to sacrifice your alchemy. And I feel like that would work, but only if this was Hohenheim's story 
and it's mm-hmm. not. I kind of wish that it had been half Ed's and half Honenheim's story, you know? Because mm. then that moment at the end where Honenheim goes, like, I'm his father, it's literally the least I can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would have been like a culmination of a great moment for Honenheim, but Honenheim has been sorely lacking partly because they didn't want to explain what his plan was so no they should have explained what he was doing i agree they should have planted that way better like then then that whole ending would have been a lot more satisfying the the climax would have been a lot more satisfying knowing that like oh it all makes sense you know <laughs> it's not like a surprise yeah I, I agree this was some of the best moments Hohenheim had like this episode one like let me be a father to you like and then his death scene at the grave i thought was great oh my gosh it was so good and I mean, there was this moment when Banako walks up and is like, oh, Hohenheim. And then he's like, oh, but then, you know, oh, he died with a smile on his face. But I turned to Arthur <laughs> and I was like, it's a good thing that he wasn't like just bones. That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. going to I said that to no one in particular because I watched it alone. <laughs> but I said that to out loud. <laughs> like, it's I really it's really good that he didn't look like the guy from Indiana Jones 3. Right. <laughs> just right. Like, ah! Or that girl from the ring. <laughs> skeleton, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, he died with a smile on his face. I I assume <laughs> he died with a, some sort of bony grin on his face, like all skeletons have. But it was great, and like in a show that this season has been like very loud and big, this was a really quiet death scene and really subtle. I loved the part where he was talking about how he always thought it was a curse to live this long, and mm-hmm. now at the very end of his life, he wants to keep going. I just thought that was so beautifully hopeless it was and uh and hopeful too somehow i don't know it's just great it's like a good life if you want to keep living it you know yeah like the best the best life right yeah he realized that his life was given value by all these people around him and now he wants to keep living because he has like rediscovered his identity as a father ted now so yeah that's honestly great i mean hohenheim regained his humanity in this story as well it's great it's so sad and bittersweet but he does die happy so i think i did think it was funny when armstrong was like thank you hohenheim for the kids and i was like this guy didn't do shit so (laughs) (laughs) thank you for your sperm i I, I, I didn't want to be the guy who said that but that was what i was thinking thank you arthur for saying that for all of us you got some good swimmers there hohenheim boy if you hadn't done (laughs) the the thing that day (laughs) hohenheim before you die you should really fuck a a little more a few more people we could use a few more good lads a few more of them out Take my wife, please. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about father. Oh, my gosh. He was like, I wanted to be free to know. And I was like, why didn't you say that before? It's like, why weren't you interesting before? Because all this time, all he was doing was like, I'm going to kill everyone and become God. And it's like, that shit you just said about being free to know is amazing. Why didn't you tell us about it earlier? Right. Oh, my gosh. It's it's great. That's true. You know, if we'd understood that motivation a little bit more ourselves, like he's in pursuit of the ultimate like knowledge and perfection and not just raw power. It makes him a great foil for Ed. Yes, yes, I agree with that. Because like Ed and Al both want the knowledge. They want to know it all so that they can get their bodies back without using a philosopher's stone. But it turns out when they realize that they wouldn't be able to get 
that knowledge without doing something horrifying, they go, oh, never mind. <laughs> In saying never mind, they achieve that humanity. That makes, I mean, Father's a great foil for that. Right, and that's the opposite of what Father does. Yeah, Michelle, you're totally right. If that foil had been explored at all, it would have been great. I haven't read the manga, but I feel like that's something that, if this show was following the manga pretty closely, was introduced in a very similar way. And that's mm -hmm. because the manga was written kind of on the fly, like in the order it was yeah. written. And the show actually had the opportunity to go back and change the earlier show to explore some of those themes earlier and like move the tensions around. That is the important work of a good adaptation is to like move that stuff around. So we're aware of important information earlier than maybe was a tension that was like, oh, the author came up with it at the very end. But now we can take advantage of that and move it earlier. I think it's kind of neat, given that like his thing was like, I want to be perfect compared to humans by getting rid of my seven deadly sins. And like, you can sit like his ultimate goal. I think you can attribute to any of those sins, right? Like there's gluttony for knowledge. There's pride that he believes he can attain that. There's so much. It's just the way that like, you cannot escape those even if you think you scientifically can somehow. I also think that's like the problem you get a lot with the recent crop of Disney villains where they're all twists. Ugh. What happens is that like you get to the last third of the movie and then they just switch. They go from being a normal character to a complete insane bad guy. And it's like, you don't get to really know them as like the insane bad guy. So yeah, it's not fun. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Like the good villain can totally change a movie. Like he can dark Knight obviously is a perfect example where the villain makes that movie. Mike. <laughs> It's time for me to make a very important announcement. This is the final Mikey at the Bat for Brotherhood, oh but this God. is also the final Mikey at the Bat with this theme song. The doo -doo -doo -doo. I'm happy to announce that for next year, the 2003 season of Fumetto Analysts, oh. I will create 51 individual Mikey at the Bat theme songs for each episode. So my oh my God. stay tuned oh for that. <laughs> okay, future Michelle. This is Arthur. You still have time to edit out you saying that. No, no. Save yourself hours I am going oh to do it. Don't stop him, Arthur. Let him do this. It's going to be great. Well, anyway, Mike. <laughs> yes. This is the last one. So let's get to it. It's Mikey at the bat. This is the moment of the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in next week's episode based solely on the title and the thumbnail. Mm -hmm. Mike, can you describe to us the thumbnail for next week's episode, Journey's End? Let's see. Oh, there's Winry. No, that's, yes, that's Winry? Yes. Okay, J Journey's End. You know what, basically, guys, this is like the end of, like, Lord of the Rings. I, was, where... I knew you were going to say that, guys. <laughs> this is like the end of Lord of the Rings, where it's like the, the oh story's pretty much over, but then they go back to the Shire, and, you know, if people who haven't read Lord of the Rings, maybe you don't know this, but Saruman is still alive, and he's taken over the Shire, and they have to deal with this, and they deal with it really quickly, and the rest of it is like, and then what happened? It's like, and, you know, Sam, you know, married Rose, and they had a nice life together, and then Frodo felt the ache of the ring and had to go over the sea and all this stuff. But, you know, it's nice. It's a nice little wrap-up. 
it's it's really good. And I think that um, that's what we're going to see here with Journey's End. My prediction is that there will be like some kind of like, oh, shit, Pride's still alive and obviously is still a threat and we need to deal with him. And oh, what are we going to do now? Because Ed doesn't have his powers. But then they're going to deal with it really quickly because then we're going to learn like, oh, Ed and Winry get together and and maybe Al and May. Maybe. No. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I, I don't get know. Out of the, get out of that. The girl from the movie know. comes back for this one. And <laughs> they seem to be saying that there's like a thing there. I know they're kind of young, but you know, like, I don't know. When Ed looked at uh, May crying over Al's body, I, I wish it would go. I could sacrifice her. <laughs> I, thought yeah, I forgot too. about I thought May's that. voice until it busted in. Let's have a quick segment of Panda Talk. I thought it was really sad to see the panda weeping over May's weeping body over Al. Hmm. That's all I've got. All right, that was that was our last segment of uh, pan, panda talk. No, no, no. Is there more? Yep. <laughs> and the last one, let me just say, it's gonna be big. Oh man, panda talk. Jesus Christ, no! <laughs> Why did I get cursed with this panda talk? How many pandas do you think I could get? For one door. Well, Mike has already given his prediction, but now it's time for us to grade this episode on a scale from one to five stars. I'll get things started by saying I wish I could give this five, but I really don't like the read part, so I'll give this 4.5, enthusiastic 4.5. I'm going to give this five stars. I thought it was great. I think I could easily give this a 4.5. I'm kind of in the middle, but... I'm going to err on the side of five because it did have like a few moments in it that were so good and neatly tied up the emotional tensions from the beginning of the show. Yeah, I'm going to give it five satisfying. No, I'm going to give it five emotionally satisfying endings out of five. Good. I think I'm also I'm with you, Michelle. I'm going to give it a four point five because I think that the stuff that it did really well, it did pretty perfectly. And there were just like three minutes at the beginning where i was like all right and oh before before it like clued me in yeah, yeah we gotta deal with greed huh okay greed. Oh, oh here we go right. great episode great, great. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was like that and now reaching the end of this week's episode which means it's time for me to thank our guests for coming thank you so much matt it's a pleasure to have you here four-timer matt soon to be five-timer matt thank you matt well thank you oh, it's great to be back where can people find you online matt uh i'm on twitter as matt jekyll or magical at magical and that's mostly where i am and before we go can you please give us your best full metal alchemist Full Metal Alchemist. Ooh, the last one. And if you have never lied before today, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FMAnalysts. That's twitter.com slash FM, the word analysts. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If possible, leave us a review or recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analyst.tumblr.com. But watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram, at Camillustrator. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash fmanalysts. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analyst. Until then, stay frost, everyone. Bye. Bye.